Pages of Pim Better Podcast. Welcome, listeners. Thanks for tuning in today to the Voyages of Tim Vetter. I am going to be talking about a layover that I had in Cairo, Egypt. If you've listened to the past episodes, then you know back in April, yeah, right, yeah. Back in April, I took a trip to Kenya. Now, my friend Kim and I, we bought those tickets kind of last minute. And one of the reasons that the tickets were cheap was because there was a, a pretty long layover in Cairo. But we were like, whatever, we want these tickets that are cheap. I guess we're just going to have to to kill some time in the airport. But then we started researching a little bit, and there's all these these companies that will do a layover tour. Now, I mean, I've talked about this before. I'm generally not really too into tours. They kind of, they do things that aren't really off the beaten path and, you know, things that I'm not so interested in. But I really, really wanted to go see the Sphinx, and I wanted to see uh, the pyramids, the Great Pyramid, and all these tours were offering to do that. I think most of them were around like $100. So if you're a budget traveler, like maybe that's a larger expense, but it's something that you kind of have to do. It's kind of like if you're doing a safari, like you're not really going to find a, a budget safari trip. And that's one of those things where, you know, you cut costs on lodging and food and stuff like that for a couple of weeks so that you can afford to do that one cool thing. So anyway... We decided that we would go with this one company. I'm going to leave their name out because I'm going to say some things maybe that are uh, less than loving about them. But um, essentially, the tour company will come pick you up. You can kind of customize the things that you want to see within the time frame that you have, and then they'll bring you back to the airport. Now, I mean, again, I've talked about this before in the past, but like... there's all these places in the world that I want to see going back to the time that I was a kid. And obviously these are not real or realistic portrayals of a place, but I think my first, other than learning about like mummies and things like that, when, when you're a little kid in school, my first image of Cairo is from Indiana Jones. Which one was that? That was the first one when um, he goes, like he goes down into a pyramid. But before that, He's with Marion and they're in Cairo and you see all like the, the street stalls and things like that. And obviously this is supposed to be like late 1930s, early 1940s, but I don't know. It was a really cool, a cool depiction of it. And it's uh, something I look back at kind of romantically when I think about like my first, uh, the first image that comes to my mind when I think of Cairo. So it was a real treat for me to be able to go there and, you know, fulfill another of my lifelong dreams going back to the time when I was a little kid and I just wanted to like live a life of adventure and things like that. So a, the car picks us up. So it's me and Kim picks us up at the airport and the guy's like, he's pretty nice. He's real. He's got like a real Miami, like Miami vice kind of look going on. He's got, you know, the long pants, the shirt tucked into the pants, always wearing sunglasses inside the airport, inside the car, everywhere. Um, And we start going, I think that my ability to read people is pretty good at this point. Uh, I've talked about this before, but working in education, like I'm always around people, always interacting with people, solving problems, mediating situations. And then I've also just traveled extensively and I've gotten a good read just for people in situations, I think. And 
I don't know, my, my bullshit meter was up kind of high. So we're driving along in right out of the airport is, I guess it's like a highway. And you, and you take that highway and it's not that far. I think it's about, uh, it's hard to remember back, but I think it was like a half hour drive out of the airport to get to the pyramids. So it's really not that far. Uh, it's pretty cool because you see a whole lot of desert and you also, you drive through these housing complexes that they look a little bit run down. And the guy was explaining to us that he was like, this is low income housing, but inside these apartments are actually really, really nice. The thing that I thought was so cool about that drive though, is as you're, you're driving past these apartment buildings in between the apartment buildings, when you have some space to, to see beyond them and, and see into the horizon, you see the pyramids. So, I mean, amazing. Like here in New York city, you see, you see more buildings or like the skyline looks really cool, but the skyline there is the pyramid of Giza, the, the three pyramids. So I thought that was really beautiful and cool. So the driver, it, he speaks English and he's like throwing all sorts of history and facts at us. And it was pretty cool. The passenger who I guess they worked together, well, not, I guess they worked together. They worked together. Um, he didn't speak any English. So he was kind of silent the whole time, unless he was, the two guys were speaking together. Um, so he starts talking a lot about Trump, kind of unprompted. This was prior to the election, right? So the election's in November. This was about April. But I'm sure some, again, I'm not trying to get political at all, but I'm sure this was in the midst of some ridiculous stuff coming out into the media and into the public. I don't know if this is when he's talking about grabbing women and stuff like that with that goober Billy Bush. But the driver was saying like how, how funny Trump is and, and how, how great Trump is. Now, one thing I've learned just, you know, from talking to people and from some of my own experiences abroad is unless you really know the person and you've had time to hang out with them and understand them and know their temperament and their personality, don't talk about politics, like stay the hell out of it. I mean, in, in Thailand, like when you, when you get, if you get to the international airport in Bangkok, I think there's two of them. So I'm sorry. I don't know the name of it. But like, once you get there, you start seeing these videos of propaganda, like these propaganda videos about the Royal family. And if you say anything out loud, disparaging about them and you're overheard, like you can hundred percent be arrested and that's not going to be pleasant. So not that I thought that something like that would happen, but I don't know, like you don't want to set someone off and we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that a little bit later, but I was just kind of going along with the guy like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, tell me more. And so he's saying that uh, the Egyptian people really hated Obama. Again, I don't know. I don't quite understand the politics. and I don't know this guy's affiliation, but uh, he says the Egyptian people hated Obama because he supported the revolution, whereas Trump is kind of hands off with Egypt and has said or has at least promised in his campaign to leave them to their own autonomy and to stay out of Egyptian affairs. And so we, the driver really, really supported it. So I'm like, okay, okay. Um, you know, I've got some different opinions, but again, I was like, this is not really the time or place to get involved in this type of a conversation. So we're going along, we're talking a little bit more. I think we're asking, I can't remember exactly what we're asking, but we're asking some stuff about Egypt. And he's smoking a lot of cigarettes. And he says, you know, uh, we are a, a Muslim country, but we're 
a lot more lenient than people who strictly follow the Quran or, or strictly follow like the rules of Islam. So he said, you know, you can drink here, you can smoke cigarettes here, and you're not looked down upon. He's talking to us about uh, he's got his wife and then he's got these girlfriends all around the world. He's talking to us about America. He's talking to us about how he goes to Mexico and sees his girlfriend in Mexico. So I, I don't know what's real or not, but I'm just kind of like, okay, okay. And then as, as part of the tolerance that he's saying that the country has, he's saying that religions exist within Egypt and within Cairo in relative harmony. I was like, okay, you know, historically, I don't think that's quite the case, at least recent history too, and we'll get to that. But I was like, okay, okay. So already some just kind of strange things that he's saying. Um, and like I said, like I already had like my radar up a little bit, like my spidey sense. It's just like, I don't know, something feels a little bit off. But, you know, it's whatever. It's like, listen, uh, you're willing to put up with some stuff to see some absolutely amazing things, and we did. And so I'll get to that now. So you get to... So the Great Pyramid is, and I hope I'm, I'm, I have all these facts correct, is the largest of the three pyramids. It's the Pyramids of Giza, right? Uh, so actually, it's almost like the Pyramids of Cairo. It's, it's, it's right outside of Cairo. And God, it's one of those places... It sounds so cheesy, and I talked about this with Anchor Watt, but it's one of those places when you're there, like you feel something. Maybe it's just like you're so excited and happy to be there. It's your adrenaline, or it's like a, a dream fulfilled. But I don't know. I think these types of places, like they hold something. I know there's probably no scientific basis for that, but like I don't know if it's a memory or just it feels. It's amazing. It's just amazing to see it. And, uh, you know, he's given us a whole lot of good history. Uh, maybe I'll slow down a little bit. Like when you first get there, uh, you have to get a ticket to go see the pyramids and you have to go through metal detectors and things like that. Uh, and then you get there and you can actually, you can climb portions of it. And that was, oh man, that was so cool. And like, <laughs> to me, it's so, so awesome to to be standing in a spot that's that's so old and to think about who was there prior to you and the extensive history of the region, even just thinking about how it was made and constructed. If, if you're not a believer in ancient aliens and things like that, you know that it took a lot of people, um, a lot of slave labor, a, a really strong understanding of mathematics and geometry. It's just, I don't know. It feels really special to be there and it's really, really beautiful and again, like you're surrounded by desert mostly. Um, I'll, I'll talk about that in just a second, but really, 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 I don't know. I, I'm, I'm babbling and I don't have quite the words to explain it, but if you have any opportunity to go see the pyramids, do it. I know that sometimes, maybe I have this wrong, but I know that I've heard people say that they've gone inside. I don't know if that's only for Egyptologists and things like that and people are lying to me, but if I ever had the opportunity to go back, I would try to, to explore it a bit more. But, you know, our, our, our guy, our driver gave us all this history, which was really cool. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to let you guys go off on your own for a little bit. And he said, listen, don't, don't talk to anybody. There's these guys with badges. 
and they seem like like these official tour guides and things like that. Don't talk to them. If they talk to you, just say no, thank you. Just keep walking. Um, and you know, people selling bottles of water and things like that. So yeah, I've got no problem with this. Like this is anywhere you go where there's a whole lot of tourists congregating in one spot. You know, you have people trying to rip you off, people trying to feed you wrong information, people trying to make money. So, you know, I'm used to this. But Kim and I are walking around. We're walking up the pyramid a bit. We're taking pictures. Just kind of like, <laughs> this is cheesy too, but just like like grasping the sand. Again, it just feels so cool to be in a place with such a rich history. Uh, so this guy comes over to us and he's got one of these badges. And he's like, hey, hey, I'm going to take a picture of you and your boyfriend. So I am not Kim's boyfriend. She has a boyfriend. Um, and she told him as such. She basically said something to the effect of like, no, 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 he's not my boyfriend. We don't want our picture taken. Or something like that. And the guy got like really offended by this. I don't, I don't know if... If he was just a guy with a bad attitude, like, I don't know if she broke gender roles by kind of putting a man in his place or she was too assertive or something like that. I don't, I don't know, but he didn't like this. And so he's like, he's starting to mumble to himself and stuff like that. Kind of like, like, screw these people. I'm assuming. Right. And then, and then he's following us. Just like, oh, God damn it. So. You know, he, he's not that far behind us and, and he's kind of muttering and he's, he's, he's kind of calling out some things like, oh, I'm sorry, but I'll, I'll still take your picture. I'll take your picture. And we're like, no, 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 man, man. Just like, leave us alone. So luckily the driver was actually, was pretty cool in this moment. He saw us and he waved us over. And then um, like we, we just kind of quick walked it over to this guy and left the other guy behind us. But always have your wits about you people. Um, you know, there's always someone looking to make a buck. And also probably we should have read up a little bit about like the customs and things like that. Cause I don't know if we committed a faux pas by, you know, kind of putting that guy in his place, but in the end, no harm, no foul. So we spent, you know, a pretty good amount of time at the pyramids. Then we, just because it looks real cool, we took a camel ride. You know, it's not like we were actually trekking or something like that. I know you can do those treks out in Morocco, I really want to do that and do the Berber Trail and things like that. Um, but it was still pretty cool. Again, like, it's cool to think, like, this used to be the only mode of transportation is to travel by foot or by animal. And so it was cool to to ride on some camels for a bit. Kim's had, like, I don't know, like, GERD or something. I don't know if camels get that, but he kept, like, spitting up and burping and, like, <laughs> flailing his head around and stuff like that. And he didn't really want someone on him. So that was, uh, that was a bit fun for Kim, but this was all part of like, we prearranged all this stuff with the tour package. So you can do that which, with whatever company that you pick. I saw that on all sorts of sites. But one of the things that like, I didn't quite realize is you're really not when you're at the pyramids or you're at the Sphinx, which we also went to, you're not really like out there. Like you're not, you're in the desert, right? The whole city is plopped in the middle of the desert, but you're not really out there. Like right behind the pyramids, you you see the whole city. And actually right next to this whole ancient, beautiful, you know, complex, it's a freaking golf course, man. (laughs) What is it? It's called like the, let me, 
Oberoi Pyramids Golf Course? Like, what the hell? I even had talked to someone. I had said to someone, yeah, I'm going to do this layover in Cairo. And they were like, oh, man, I went there. I golfed right next to the pyramids. It's like, ah, I guess that's cool. Not really. It's It's really not cool. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. What can you say about that? Anyway, so after going to the the pyramids, to the Great Pyramid, we went to what is called the Great Sphinx of Giza. You know what this is. It looks like a giant cat person. And this is, again, like the mathematics of all this stuff is so cool because it lines up with the Great Pyramid, which aligns with the sun at certain points of the day. And it's, oh, it's just, it's so cool, man. I, I don't know. It's one of those things where like, I would, I would just really love to go back and spend some more time and not just do a layover, but just really, 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 really amazing. Like we couldn't get too close. I don't know if they let people get closer than we got sometimes you see pictures from people that are real close, but again, I don't know if those are just people who are studying it or are historians or Egyptologists and things like that. But it's, you know, it's, we don't have this type of history here in the United States, you know, pre Western colonization and conquering and things like that. We had, uh, you know, thousands of years of native populations, but we don't have like those giant megalithic archeological structures here in the United States that you see in other places. And so it's a real treat to be able to see these things. It's really, really, really cool. Um, those are the, really the, the things that we wanted to see were the Sphinx in the, in the great pyramid. And we, we did spend a lot of time there, but afterwards we were like, okay, we want to go get, get something to eat. And we got kind of hustled a little bit. This, uh, again, tour packages, right? Like this, this happens a lot in Southeast Asia where if you don't, if you're not assertive in the beginning and you're like, hey, these are the things I don't want to do, so don't take me there. And I'll give you like a nice fat tip. If you don't take me there, then they're going to take you there. So our driver was like, oh, we're going to, we're just going to stop at a place or two on the way to go get food. Like, all right. That sounds cool. So the first place he drops us off was a glass blowing place, which was cool to see. It's cool to see that process. I mean, I've seen it here in the States too, but it was a shop that does hand blown, um, like incense holders and candle holders and things like that. And they also had tea and coffee. So they gave us some tea and coffee and, and we watched the demonstration. And then of course they tried to get us to buy a whole bunch of stuff. And you know, people try to make money. I talked about this. You're a tourist. They assume that you have money. And generally these places are like the friend of the driver or the family member or something like that. So we really like, we were trying to be respectful, but we really weren't interested. And when we left that place, we told our driver like, Hey, you know, let's, can we please just go get food? Like, we don't really, we don't want to do something like that again. So he's like, okay, sure, sure, sure. But then he stops at a Paper making place, Jesus. So he took it to a place that said like they are the one authentic papyrus producing place where they take the papyrus plant and they soak it, 
they dry it and they turn it into art, right? They paper and then they make art. And of course, this place was the one place in all of Cairo that has glow-in-the-dark papyrus. Like, okay. <laughs> so, at this point, we were getting kind of grumpy with the guy. And, like, when we left there, after buying nothing, we told him, listen, you have to take us to a food place. Like, this is over. Don't take us to any more, like, gimmicky types of places. So, at this point, he was cool. He wasn't offended or anything like that. And he took us to a place to get food. And that was phenomenal trying to remember what we had so the local beer there is stella it's not the stella that you might be thinking of stella artois right this is just called stella and it's got a star on it so maybe stella means star like bintang you know it's like your it's the lager of choice it's this is all around the world where it's like the national lager but it's really good really really good and then we had like skewers of meat and all this mediterranean stuff like hummus and falafel and like Greek salad and things like that. It was awesome and really cheap. And this is when our driver, like he actually joined us and he was telling us all these crazy stories about his life and his women around the world and his girlfriends and how he wants to come to America and have a <laughs> girlfriend and stuff like that. And like, do I know anybody I could hook him up with? So it's like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, man. <laughs> like you have my email address if you're ever in town. Um, so then that kind of, the, the, we went out to eat and then we were, you know, just a couple hours away from having to go back. That 12 hours flies. It goes real quick. And um, he actually, the driver left. <laughs> so he was like, oh, I got to go. I got to go see my family. But don't worry, my buddy here, he's going to take care of you. So this is the guy that didn't speak any English. So he drove us back, but it took a real long time. Uh Rush hour in Cairo is nuts. So Cairo has 9 million people and the whole country of Egypt has 90 something million people. And so that's a whole 10th of the entire country is located in this one city. I pulled up an article here. This is from the Egypt Independent. And this one is Cairo is fastest growing city worldwide in terms of population in 2017. It says that the Population in Cairo will grow by half a million people by the end of 2017. Whoa, that's nuts. So yeah, definitely experienced that. Um, crazy rush hour, but we made it back. And then things were things were kind of weird in the airport. Um, so this is the first thing. So we get dropped off and like all international, well, I guess not all, but like a lot of international airports, they have the place where... Uh, people who are native to that country or people that are, you know, domestic, they go through one entrance and people who are international flyers are coming from somewhere else. They go through a different entrance to go through the metal detectors and scanning and things like that. So we go up to the international, right? I'm an international citizen and we're also flying out of the country to Kenya. So a guy a worker, a, a airport worker, right? One of the guys that kind of like a, what is it here? TSA, right? He, he stops me and he's like, no, go down that way. And he points towards domestic. So I was like, oh, uh, no, man, like I'm, I'm an international flyer. So at this point I had already put like my wallet and my phone and everything into my, into my backpack to be scanned. So he's like, all right, all right, all right, come through, come through. So I was like, okay, like I know I'm in the right spot. 
So I walk through the metal detector and he waves the little metal detector wand over me. And then he stands in between me and where the baggage comes out. So I'm like, uh, excuse me. And he holds out his hand. So I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> and he goes, money. So I'm like, money? He's like, yeah, money. So I was like, I, I don't know, what you, money for what? I paid for my ticket. He goes, because I let you through. So I was like, what the hell? Like, this guy was shaking me down. So I did have a little bit of money. It was in my bag, but like I literally, uh, because luckily because my wallet and my phone were in my bag that had just been scanned, like I turned my pockets inside out and I showed him. And I was like, listen, man, uh, I'm really sorry, but I, I had to spend my money on a cab to get here. I don't have anything. So he was kind of pissed off, but he just, he was like, all right, fine, fine. He waves me through. Kim didn't have a problem, luckily. But like, that was weird experience number one, where I was just like, geez, I guess not number one, right? Because the driver also was trying to kind of rip us off by having us, you know, go to all of his buddies' places and things like that. But so then like, you know, it was a hot, dirty day. So I went to the men's room, the restroom to, to freshen up a bit, to, to like wash as best as possible. And then I went into a stall, used the bathroom and I come out and there's like a, a custodial worker in the bathroom and he, he kind of like beelines it towards the, um, the paper towels, right? Because I washed my hands, I was going to dry them. So he, he starts pulling them out and then he hands them to me, like kind of like, you know, um, what are those guys called? Wow, I really sound um, uneducated here. Is that it? Rest, restroom attendant? It's as simple as that. It's not a word for it. But kind of like if you're in a fancy nightclub or something like that or a venue and, you know, like they'll have the guy who they have like candies and mints and things like that or or and they'll they'll get you some towels or they'll like give you your soap and stuff like that. Like at a, at a fancy place. And then you're supposed to tip that guy. But this was, <laughs> this was a nasty, dirty bathroom in the airport in Cairo. And there was no system like that. This guy just ran across and like, I could have, I could have easily pulled the paper towels out myself and, and dried my hands and given them to him. So, or not given to him and thrown them out. So he, he pulls them out and he hands them to me and I'm like, oh man, like, all right, uh, thank you. And then he just stands there and he, hand, he puts his hand out. And I'm like, oh, how's this happening again? So I'm like, yeah, man, like, what, what can I do for you? What's up? And he goes, money. Oh, so I'm like, no, no, I don't have money. And, and he's getting a little more aggressive because I tried to walk around him and he literally like sidesteps and gets in front of me and he goes, money. So I'm like, oh, so I, I had a dollar, I had a, a US dollar in my pocket. So I, I gave it to him like, that is it, man. That is all I have. That's what you get. So he then, you know, said, thanks. Maybe he said, thanks. I don't remember if he said, thanks, but he moves aside and, and I was able to leave. But at this point, I'm like, what is going on here? I, I kind of feel like, I don't know. It didn't feel great. Like, I, I feel like, all right, it's time to go. It's time to get out of here and go to Kenya. So you know, we left and everything and, and everything else was fine except for those two weird things in the airport. Flew, I think, five, five and a half hours to Nairobi. And when you land in Nairobi, that airport, it's kind of like an old hangar. 
It almost looks like an old, like, like hollowed out warehouse or I guess hangar, right? Like an old airport hangar, but it didn't have Wi-Fi or anything like that. So it was a little bit of a while before I got back to a location. I didn't have a SIM card or anything. It was a while before I got back to a location where I could use my phone. And that wasn't until we got to Christian's place, which I, I talked about in that uh, Kenya episode. So once we got there, I was able to use the internet and I had all these messages where people were like, hey, just checking in. I want to make sure you're okay. I heard what happened. Like, please, please just shoot me a message. And so I know you're okay. A little bit worried. So I'm like, what, what is going on? So I went to, I don't remember exactly what, but I went to a new site on my phone and there were two attacks that day in Cairo, like literally right after we took off. Um, I think we flew like super late at night or super early in the morning. Um, but what happened was this was, or these were the Palm Sunday church bombings. So there were two bombings, two, su- two suicide bombers blew up two churches, two Coptic Christian churches on Palm Sunday, which clearly is, is a, a major, uh, you know, holy day for, for Christians. So, you know, a horrible situation. I mean, this just happened very recently within the past week where it was the, you know, the largest um, mass murder in Egyptian history, uh, you know, other than wars, right? Where there was an attack, uh, bombing and shootings at, at mosques. So absolutely horrible. But it just went back to, again, I'm not trying to like demonize any people because of one person's actions or the things that they said, but it just, it, it went back to like that weird feeling I had and just like my BS meter where the driver had been saying like, Hey, like we're super tolerant here and, and all the different religions and cultures get along. It doesn't really quite seem to be the case. Like these are outlier situations, obviously. Um, but I don't know, just really unfortunate. And I, I felt really, you know, fortunate when we landed that, that we were fine and everything had been okay, but just felt really horrible for, for the people, you know, the, all the innocent people that were affected by that. Um, so yeah, kind of strange, totally, totally beautiful. The things that we saw, but definitely a strange feeling. I, it's a place that I need to understand more. 12 hours isn't long enough to quite get the feel or understanding of any place or to get to know the people and the culture. Uh, so I'd like to go back because that, that left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. And I, I know that, you know, it is a beautiful place in a beautiful country. I did want to talk about <laughs> the flight. Um, flew Egypt air. Now, recently I had an Uber driver who is from Egypt and we we had a talk because I said, oh, I did a layover in Egypt. And he said that he used to be a pilot for Egypt Air. And he was saying how much, or he was a commercial pilot, and he was saying how like corrupt Egypt Air is. So I was like, what? And he was saying in order to get, or at least, you know, this is his, what he says, but in order to get hired from them, they demanded that to get his contract, he had to pay them $50,000 up front. And that would guarantee him like a certain amount of years that he could work for them. And he said he didn't have the $50,000 and he felt like it was a bribe and a corrupt system and things like that. So I don't know. 
That's just a, a little anecdote for you. But not the greatest airline. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's a reason why it was so cheap. Uh, the, the roof was leaking on the ride home. And it kept, like, the roof was leaking. I don't know, I guess the condensation from the outside. I don't know how that gets inside. But, or maybe it was something in the overhead compartment. But the guy in front of me, it kept dripping on his head. <laughs> and, like, he was holding a book over his head. And I just kept worrying that the, that the, the plane was going to, like, uh, shift, I don't know, this is crazy, but, like, shift angles or something like that. And then I was going to be getting dripped on for hours. But luckily that didn't happen. But that was one weird thing. Another weird thing was when we first got on, um, I think this was the right after, yeah, I think this was the layover from, right after the layover, yeah. So when I went from Cairo to Nairobi, some woman, she sat in my seat before I could get there. And I was, you know, I was trying to be polite. And I'm like, oh, hey, that's my seat. And she's just like, nope, 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 nope. So I'm like, what the heck is going on here? So I got an attendant and they looked at, they matched everything up and they're like, yeah, yeah, that's his seat. And she's like, no, no, I'm sitting here. And it was like a, it was a big, a big production. So eventually they got her to move, but then she moved to another seat that wasn't her seat and put up a big fight about that. I don't know. I guess that's not their fault, but another strange thing. And then the food. Oh, so let me give you an example. I think that the best airline that I've flown on were Singapore Singapore Air and then the Korean Airlines flights like there's Korean Air but the Asiana is Korean they're awesome and like their food choices are pretty good here they were like you could get <laughs> when they came by with the with the cart they're like meat or no meat I'm like all right um, I think I'd like meat, but like, what do you mean? Like, what is, what is the meat exactly? And what does it come with? So she just pops it down in front of me. And she's like, okay, here you go. And then walks away. All right, cool. <laughs> I guess I got the meat. Um, I still don't know what it was. I ate it and I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew looking at it that this was going to mess me up for a while. I was like, I am going to have a problem going to the bathroom for like a week um, and I was right. So that's, I, I won't go into the, to the details, but Egypt air, not the greatest. I guess there's a reason why it was cheap, but Hey, listen, sometimes these are the things that you put up with to be able to experience and see really cool things. And if you, if you're on a budget, yeah, you put up with it, but 15 hours one way, right? 15 hours, New York to Cairo, eh, not the best. All right, so that is my layover story for Cairo, Egypt. So what's what else is going on in my world? Well, I've had it kind of a hiatus from doing these. Um, it's been a little tough lately. I've been working a whole lot, uh, working a ton, ton, ton. And so I haven't had a whole lot of time to do these, which is really bad for, for a listenership. You know, you need consistency. People need to know... Every week, I'll be able to tune into the TV TV podcast. So I'm going to try to get a lot more of these out, and then I'm going to be I'm going to be kind of making like a, a giant change, um, and I'm going to take a long extended trip. I think that's as explicit as I want to be right now. 
I think I'm going to be cryptic about it until I can really get my thoughts down and articulate this correctly. But um, I want to be able to do this podcast and I want to be able to see more amazing places. And I think or I know I'm going to take like a year to do that. Uh, so that'll be coming out soonish, I guess. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Within the next couple of months, I'm going to do like a pretty long podcast about that and about what's going to happen. Now, recently somebody asked me, well, look at everything that's going on in the world. I mean, including the stuff in Egypt. Like, do you really think it's safe to go out and, and to go to these places that you go? And it's like, man, look at what's going on here. Like, it seems like it's so commonplace now for a mass shooting every month, every couple of weeks. And, you know, I'm here in New York City. We had that, uh, that truck attack recently. Like, things can happen anywhere now. I mean, I, I've talked about my love for Vietnam. Don't really hear about those things happening there. I mean, they could. They could happen anywhere now. But I don't think that you shouldn't travel based on fear or being afraid that something's going to happen. To me, I mean, I don't mean to sound cheesy or anything like that, but to me, if anything ever happened to me when I was traveling, it would be far less tragic than to be in a situation where, well, I'll just say this, if I wake up in 30 years or the next 30 years of my working life goes so, goes so fast, because Trust me, it does. Like, I'm starting to realize that stuff now. Like, I'm, I'm starting to see how fast things go. But if I were to wake up in 30 years and be like, whew, I did the day in, day out, and I was safe. I never was never in harm's way, and I got a whole lot of work done. I think to not experience things would be so much more tra- tragic than to go out and explore and to live life the way that I want to live it and to see amazing things and to burn my candle at both ends. And if something happens while I'm doing that, listen, that's kind of what I chose. And I don't want anything bad to ever happen. But I don't know. Is it is it so, is it so exciting to live insulated? Is it... You know, is having everything planned out and scripted and, and shrink-wrapped, you know, like to live a shrink-wrapped type of a lifestyle, is that, does that excite you? If you're listening to this, probably not, right? You're either someone else that likes to travel or you're someone that dreams of it and likes stories and adventure and things like that. And maybe you're just, you're trying to get out of that, that type of a rut, of the day to day, always, always knowing at six tomorrow I gotta wake up and I'm gonna have two eggs for breakfast and I'm gonna get off of work at five and I'm gonna go to the gym and then I'm gonna come home. I'm gonna watch my favorite show on network TV. I'm gonna pass out and repeat. <sighs> I don't know. I think I'll take guys trying to rip me off and cut in the Cairo airport any day over that. It's just, I don't know. So I guess that's been on my mind a lot recently. And so, like I said, I'm going to try to put all those thoughts together 
and articulate it well because I, I think what I'm feeling is what a lot of people are feeling. And I think some people might just want to know that someone else is out there that, you know, is willing to take the plunge and bring you along for the ride with my experiences. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm also, uh, in the very near future, going to try to take a couple of trips where I can like local trips. I want to go out to LA where I can do some recordings with people in person. Um, I have a few people lined up, but I don't really want to do the phone stuff so much anymore. Um, there's one that I think that's coming up that I have to do just because that person's not going to be around at all, but they go so much, so much better in person. Um, so yeah, that's coming up. And then I'll do a couple solo ones as I travel too. These solo ones are hard people really like I, I'm looking at, this is 15. This is my 15th attempt at doing this episode. And it's such a simple one. It's a short one. It's not that tough, but, um, they're hard. (laughs) I'll say that it's easier doing it with someone. So, um, I'm just going to keep grinding and try to get some cool content out for you. All right, everyone, that's it. I guess maybe I should do a quick read. Um, you know, the, the one company that I like to talk about is energy bits. Energy bits are a plant-based food source. They are made from algae. You can get, um, they have recovery bits, they have spirulina, chlorella, and they have all sorts of vitamins and iron. I like to take them at night because I feel like when I wake up, I'm more refreshed and I'm kind of ready to, you know, to kick the day in the ass. And I still drink coffee, but I need the coffee less so than I would on a day that I don't take them. Uh, I would not promote it if I didn't take it myself and didn't believe in it. They've been super cool to me. Um, and I think you should check them out. Go to energybits.com. I have a promo code for 20% off. That's Vetter, V-E-T-T-E-R. Use that promo code at energybits.com and get 20% off. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening. I love you all. As always, please take care of each other. Peace. (laughs) 